No, those LEDs on the side of your gaming headphones are pretty sick. Thanks, buddy. They color change? They sure do. Wow. Yeah. I kind of wish they had little cat ears attached to them. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I could make some. Yeah, you could cut some out for sure. I thought about getting getting uh, some headphones with some cat ears. That would be a good look. <laughs> good look for the stream, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, we all ready here? Me, 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 me. Hello and welcome to Video Game Rations, a monthly book club style video game podcast. Or for this month, uh, the Bureau Book Bunch. Mm-hmm. I'm, one of, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Brian Swain. Uh, Eric Reiger. And Nolan Lorch. We're here to deliver your monthly dose of video game nourishment. If you're unfamiliar with us, we're a couple of friends who pick a video game every month, try to complete it, and talk about our opinions on the game. For this month, we played Control by Remini Games. We sure did. We sure did, Brian. <laughs> yep. yep, definitely. <laughs> um, we'll get into Control later, uh, but for now, we got to cover our housekeeping. If you could share the podcast, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Send us any feedback, video games you want us to play, any thoughts on the show, videogamerations at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at VGRations, and uh, we have a nice little Discord server, which actually grew quite a bit this month. Uh, sure did. And you can find the link in our Twitter bio. Yeah, if you're uh, in our Discord, don't uh, be afraid to say hello in the announcement section, mm-hmm. or... Uh, even just start posting what you're playing in the currently playing. Now we had a new user drop in with some uh, VR tech stuff, which Nolan, it sounds like you have been playing uh, some VR this month. Uh, yeah, the um, the Admiral has been uh, playing some like Warfighter plane game that looked pretty rad. It's like a flight simulation game um and then like that weekend that he joined my uh friend uh let me borrow his vive because i've been we were talking about half-life alex and um i was gonna go over there and play it and now we can't so he just was like well why don't you just borrow it i said no three times and he insisted so i said okay (laughs) take uh, it take the vr come on nolan (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, I got it set up on Sunday, and then, oh boy, is it awesome! Uh, <laughs> how quick, how only, quick did you get it set up? I, I'm always curious about. Honestly, it, so he also said like he was like it's kind of finicky, and I mean my room's kind of small, and I don't it's set up in my office, so yeah, it's just like uh, two cameras that you gotta like mount, and then. Um, you go through Steam's kind of room setup, and you kind of draw like your line around your play area. Mm-hmm. And then it was like that was it. It just like worked. So nice. I it probably took me like an like an hour setup probably. Not so, too bad. I will, not terrible. I was gonna say I will say like the one because I have the PSVR. Uh huh. And I will say the one benefit of that is kind of it's just the camera in the front. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to have like the mounted cameras on the side, but you're very limited to your space. Yeah, 
they uh it seems to have really good tracking the vive does um with the two cameras because you put them on at two different angles or two Mm -hmm. like diagonal from each other and then like you put your i mean you have to have the controllers too like the playstation vr you can just get by with just the playstation controller but you really need to have the vive controllers and you can put them you put them on the ground after you draw your space and it like really like figures it all out so it's really fun um but uh and i've i played a little bit of half-life alex so far um i had to i've been mostly playing beat saber because me and cody have been playing that which is Mm -hmm. really fun nice that looks fun and and then I got one called uh, Pistol Whip, which is like it's like a music uh, beat sabery super super hat. Yeah, so that is like really fun if you want to just like feel like John Wick and do like cool like action action shots. Like it's it is a blast. Um, but I really came for Half Life Alex. I'm gonna really dive into it this month and. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say on it right now, but uh, <clears throat> I get motion sick. Um, I'm pretty good in VR, but uh, you have to, the way you move in that game is you press f- on a button and you move in the direction your head is facing. Mm. So you I have look, yet to experience that in VR yet. Uh, it is disorienting, um, like really disorienting. But <clears throat> I found that if I jog in place as I hold the, <laughs> the button down, it actually like tricks my body into not getting sick. So hmm. I I uh, played for like an hour and I was sweating so hard from jogging in place. <laughs> it was good. It was nice. really fun. You can also just switch it to teleport um, if you want, which like totally removes that VR sickness. Yeah, man, I love it. I'm I'm planning on getting one. Um, Cody jumped into Beat Saber for like two minutes and was like, "We got to get this." Like, <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah, Beat Saber looks really fun. <clears throat> um, and I'm probably like I'm I'm gonna just save up some. I'm gonna start at like a VR fund and just like save up some money and get probably the the new one because it's really it's pretty expensive but it also has um the best picture quality and also it could run at a, like 120 frames a second instead of 90 so it's supposed to help remove that vr sickness do you have a is it do you have a pack that attaches to you on that one no or do you have to be connected to the computer you're you're connected that's the, also the worst part yeah, it sucks. But I would rather I would rather be connected and get I want like honestly like for me the the picture quality is like the most important part. So, if yeah. that requires like a cable sticking out of the back of my head, then so be it. But cuz I I was looking at the Quest, which is the it's mm-hmm. like the self-contained VR headset, which is Sounds actually pretty awesome, but I, it doesn't play Half-Life Alex. It doesn't have like the power to do it. But yeah, you can you can like walk around with it. 
you got uh, eight weeks shit ship time on a Valve Index. So, <clears throat> well, Jeez. I got the I got the Vive, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna rock that for a while, and then, you know, maybe get uh, get one in the future. Nice, Eric. What have you been playing? Uh, you guys lent me two games. I guess Brian lent me two games. Through uh, Nolan. Wait. Yeah, through <laughs> Nolan. Uh, so I got the hand-me-downs. Um, Beat Link's Awakening actually last night. Nice. Good nostalgia kick mm-hmm. for sure. I don't think I would have purchased it. That's I love playing. <laughs> well, I, I remember playing it as a kid, so it wasn't something I was like itching to replay, sure. but the fact that, uh, you know, they put so much cool effort into actually like changing it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And um, then um, I was going to say, now I'm like looking through all the other ones I haven't beat. So I, I beat most of the top down ones. I never mm-hmm. beat, uh, I never, ones. well, I never beat the original one, the old, old one, mm-hmm. just the, and then uh, Link to the Past. I only got like halfway through. So Ooh. I have that on the classic. So I'm, I think I'm going to do that. Next. Nice. Dude, that game is so good. I think that I one love. is Link to or uh, Link to the Past. I think that's on the Nintendo Switch Online too. Yeah, one of I was it looking is. through it the other day, and I think I have like either a digital version I can play, or I can play it on the classic. So nice, nice. yeah, should be fun. Uh, I was gonna say too that for some reason, like PlayStation and Xbox games. Since especially since they've gone digital, um, I don't share with my friends as much. But uh, like S- Switch games, just for some reason, feel like like perfect borrowing games because you also don't have to install them. Like it doesn't yeah. take like all day to install. So. <laughs> That's true. I forgot how like I put that cartridge in the Switch, and I was like, "This is nothing." There's like barely any like microchip to it it's all plastic so i imagine like the game is like you know very very small like centimeter mm-hmm. <laughs> crammed into this little uh thumb drive looking thing definitely uh yeah. brian what about you yeah we um i'm i'm diving dive took the dive into animal crossing we actually uh Picked up Alicia a, a Switch Lite for her birthday, um, and nice. she got Animal Crossing. She was interested in playing it. I kind of wanted to see what the fuss was about, because mm-hmm. with the quarantine, of course, a lot of people talking Animal Crossing and stuff, and I've never played uh, an Animal Crossing game before, and damn, is it fun. I am it's having good. A, a great time with it. Um <laughs> It's just fun, both of us sitting in the living room, like uh, talking about new stuff we're uh, figuring out and uh, stumbling across and things like that. Um, yep. I wasn't sh- sure how, or I wasn't exactly sure how much I was going to like it, but right now I'm having a, a, a real, real swell time. Yeah. It's really it's pretty mellow. Yep. It's the like, thing, and you can. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, <clears throat> comparing it to like uh, Stardew Valley, um, the thing I, I like about Animal Crossing is that it really like eases you into it. Um, 
in some stuff you have to wait for like the next day to start. Like if you build your house or upgrade, you know, like the museum and stuff, it's like, okay, it'll be available tomorrow. So it's like something to look forward to tomorrow when you jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like the pacing of it. I feel like in Stardew yeah. Valley, um, especially when you start, it's like, damn, there's so much shit I can do. I'm like a little overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that you can do. And I, I like that this one is a little bit more structured and it grows like the more you play it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I agree. Like Stardew Valley, like when you wake up, you, the time, the like day goes by pretty quickly. Like, and you don't have that much time to do very much. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like always against the clock and, and that's not really what animal crossing is about. It's more like, I'm going to catch a couple fish. I'm going to, I'm going to work on a little painting. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. I might uh, catch some fireflies at night, you know, no yep. big deal. I'm very surprised by the amount of items there are in that game too. Yeah. Cause I'm shaking trees and like a, a tankless, Toilet fell out and I was like, "What is this?" Like, I got a like a laundry machine. <laughs> like, what, nice. What am I gonna do with this? But all sorts of stuff. I don't know. It's yeah. it's cute. It's fun. It's charming yeah. as hell. It it really is. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't like it, Eric. No, I'm I'm more into the Stardew. I like. I don't like the time based daily thing. I feel like I'm playing Farmville at that point. Farmville, yep. how dare you? <laughs> well, I mean, even I played the Animal Crossing uh, mobile, and it kind of was the same way. You like start building your house, and it's like it'll be ready in four days. And I'm like, I I can't wait. That's a that's a. I will say, that is a bad comparison. Like people universally <laughs> do not like that that mobile game, and it's no, not I know accurate description of what the Animal Crossing experience is like. But I do get what you mean, like. Like when you just pay off like a massive like bill and then you're like, all right, come back tomorrow and you can, you can see what happened. That does, that does suck sometimes. Like I built a bridge last night and it was like, sweet, we're starting construction. And then I was like, damn it. I just worked really hard to get like this paid off. I kind of just want it now, but yeah, you got to just take a deep breath and like roll with it. You know, (laughs) like you got to live that Island life. (laughs) Put on that Hawaiian shirt. It's a, it's a game about patience. I get that. I've I mean I've played enough of those style games to know yeah. I'm not gonna get into it. So mm-hmm. glad you guys are having a good time, enjoying your pizza islands. <laughs> Dude, I I will say uh, I I've been playing it. I got it when it came out, and I I play it pretty casually. And you can gr- like in the other old um, uh, Animal Crossings, there was really just like a limited amount of things you could do per day and in this game they really made it so you can just like if you want to grind you can grind out like all day long and i don't really play it that way i just like do kind of like my daily shit and then like i'm done so i'll play it for like 30 minutes an hour a day and um man i went to like uh a couple people's islands and it is like massively different than mine (laughs) i'm like still in like the starting phases but yeah it's fun very nice so we also hopped into stadia all together uh there's a free 60-day trial for stadia pro um we tried out some PUBG. Uh uh-huh 
little zombie army. What did you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, PUBG experience was rough for me. Just well, you, in you terms got of killed right away. <laughs> uh, no, not even that. But the the ease of the what I wanted from Stadia, which maybe is not what everyone wants, but I just wanted to be able to jump in a game on like my shitty laptop. And then when we went into PUBG, I was like, I had to have a mouse, my keyboard hooked up. It was it was just a lot more than me just playing with a controller. Right. So, uh, definitely. I mean, that I guess that's PUBG on its own, but. Yeah, because you were able to do that with the army, the zombie army game. Yeah, I just hooked up a controller and was in a game, and it was pretty smooth. I mean, there were some rough spots, but mm-hmm. uh, the game ran fine and ran on a, you know, how many old year old uh, laptop. And a Mac, and a Mac, which and a Mac doesn't support as many games as PC, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but you could definitely tell the graphic quality is low yeah uh specifically in PUBG. yeah i thought the zombie game actually looked pretty good yeah Um, we haven't tried we should we should just jump on destiny one time and see i would be down for that yeah Um, we should we should do that yeah i was surprised i mean like i have i when we first got into PUBG, i got kicked like immediately and was like it was like your internet's not fast enough and i have really fast <laughs> internet yeah and i was like what the hell <clears throat> um so like i shut it all down and kind of refreshed it and and then it worked fine after that it, i ha- i had like an excellent connection like for the most of the experience um obviously like it's not running as good as they said they work mhm because I mean, they were saying they were like toting that you could like basically run all you needed was 30 megabytes mm-hmm. up and down, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even with mine, which is over 100, um, they were like, it was still like losing quality and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to be honest, like it's better than I expected. Like I expected it to really be garbage. And, mm-hmm. um, it was just rad that we could all play it on different like generations of computers, different like PC Mac configurations. And it pretty much just worked. Yeah. And there was a lot of like system based settings that you kind of, it's run through the game, but it's also run through your browser. Yeah. So there was some weird stuff that we had to go through, like too many systems to get to too, just the audio too, setting. <laughs> yeah, too many audio <laughs> configurations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but besides that, I mean, I mean, it's not perfect, obviously, but it, yeah, like I said, it it was a better experience than I thought it was going to be, and it gives me kind of hope for future. Uh, like if they keep, you know, well, obviously they're going to keep supporting it, and. Brian, would you how how was your experience? I'm not very uh I'm not so down on the the experience as a whole. I mean it I was using my work Lenovo, which is not built for gaming at all. It's built for like CAD software and stuff. So it's pretty cool that I can just open a Chrome browser and yeah. launch a game right away. Like jumping in the thumper and stuff was like so quick and yep. seamless. It was like a pretty cool 
experience. Like I expected like a much longer, like low time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even, uh, PUBG, I thought ran pretty well. We it took a little work, like you said, the sound and getting our party and stuff together. But yeah. once we figured That's- it out, like we hopped into a couple games, we dipped out of that game, jumped into another game. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty quick. Um, and I think it worked pretty well for, for what it is. I'm more down on the Stadia service itself as far as like paying 10 bucks a month and then the games are super limited. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the store is like right now, like some games are full price when they're on sale, other places. So, which yeah. is like, I don't know, as far as like a 60 day trial period, like you're not really selling it very well. No. <clears throat> yeah. I wish I like, Oh, go ahead, Nolan. Oh, I was just going to say, I really, I didn't realize that you had to, if you paid for like the pro subscription, you had to buy the games as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to just, I'm going to pop into Red Dead Redemption because I want to see like, I want to see like a truly like beefy game run on Stadia. Like Destiny 2's came out in 2016 PUBG came out in 2016 like those are fun and like sure they're like kind of graphically intense but I wanted to see some like like something that my my PlayStation could barely run <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I was like excited to just try some like big ass games and I was like you gotta pay 60 bucks I'm like what I'm not gonna pay 60 dollars at least give me like an hour or something yeah, they're they're like the way their marketplace is going right now is not the best. Seeing as how like some of these games are like a couple years old and they're still mm-hmm. they almost seem like they're still full priced, mm-hmm. and like you could go to any other system and get it for half the price. Yeah, yeah. So I like maybe once they get that figured out, they could basically like undercut everybody. Yeah, or just make this, just make it, don't charge people. Um, if you want, don't charge people a monthly subscription. Yeah. And then just have people buy games if that's what you want. But I don't know. I would rather pay, a, I would pay like a $15 subscription if I could play like games like Red Dead on Google Stadia, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, what is it? Dirt and Destiny are their two big ones right now. Mm-hmm. Did you try nope. Dirt, Brian? Uh, I didn't realize Dirt was on Stadia. Or Grid, was on... sorry. Okay. Oh, Grid. No, I didn't try that. I was just trying to think of like stuff that they... like. This would be great for like indie developers if they just said, like, hey, you can drop your game on here at like a beta phase, and then you can keep updating it because mm-hmm. no one has to like have their systems being updated. Yeah, but I... I... Yeah, I could see that, but also, how do they make their money? I guess I don't know how. Does Google just not pay people to have their games on their platform, and then they're that's probably what it is. They're just like they just collect sell. the money for the purchase. They get like a percentage of whatever the purchase price is. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think mean, Apple I Arcade we... launched much much stronger for a monthly pay subscription service that is. Yeah, you yeah. know. But then people said after a certain amount of time, the developers weren't making money off of any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, because uh, it's a 
you get paid by how much how many hours people play your game. Oh, so if your game is if your game is only 45 minutes long, you don't make any money. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. If Apple Arcade had like a pretty massive launch, but like it doesn't sound like like very many people are still playing it and or that they have supported it much after. I don't know. I mean, I don't have Apple Arcade, so I don't really know. I've just listened to a couple podcasts, and they're like, "Yeah, it was fun for like a month, and now I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. play it anymore." Yeah. yeah, I'm just curious to see like what this looks like in ten years. I think that's kind of like it was like a fun experiment. <laughs> yeah, and sure. also like I have a. This isn't for me either because I have like I'm a I'm a PC guy anyway, so I'm gonna just play it. I'm gonna buy the game and play it. But yeah. I still kind of struggle with that question too, like who the audience is for Stadia. I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's cool that like if you, if like you can't like afford to buy a new PC and you just are dying to play Red Dead, like you have an option to do that. And like you could buy it and play it and spend, you know, like I guess $70. Or is it discounted with the pro subscription or is it still full price? It's full price. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a lot cheaper than buying a brand <laughs> new. That's a lot cheaper than buying a PC. So true. Or a console. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I guess you could buy a, a PlayStation now for pretty cheap. 200 bucks. Yes. But you're still paying the monthly online services if you want to play online. That's true. Yeah, and also if it's struggling in our area, like I can't imagine it running um, how it runs in the other parts of the country, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we can move on to some just general gaming news. Um, the PS5 DualSense controller was announced. Mm-hmm. Kind of just dropped the image out there, put a... Uh, a couple articles out and sure let did. people let people go to town. <laughs> yep. That seems to be their kind of like uh MO right now. It's weird. I do not know what I don't understand their marketing right now. Like I I mean we've talked about it a million times but you came out swinging for PS4. 4. Yeah. And now you're like dropping the ball on PS5. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like they haven't even shown the console. No. <laughs> like, I mean, like, we're only in May, but still. like, Well, the con- they should be, should be coming out in five months. months. Five I know. Six months. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of the controller? I think it's cool. Yeah. I, I uh, When I first saw it, I was kind of like, they showed, like, this front flat view of it, and it looks so, like, fat and bad yeah and then the, and then i like looked at some like other angles of it and it it like like ergonomically made more sense to me and i was like okay like that's not that's not terrible like yeah i don't know like yeah that's it's I, basically I, the I'm same okay controller it. it's not it's got more of like a xbox uh yeah. like um nintendo pro controller body but still with yeah. the 
the dual shocks in the middle. So yeah, I I don't know. I I think it's a pretty big departure. The PlayStation controllers have looked more or less the same all the way That's up true. to like the the one. So this is the first time that they've well, really pe- changed the form factor. Um, uh, and I they think had the, that boom, that boomerang. The boomerang. Yeah, <laughs> the boomerang never came out though. I know. Uh, oh, didn't it? I thought that was the PS3 controller. That was the concept. That was concept one. Oh. Uh, they never actually did the boomerang. <laughs> um, but I think the personally, I think the PlayStation controllers are the least er- ergonomic ones. So I think it's kind of cool to see that they're actually change it up. Yeah, changing it up. I still prefer offset joysticks myself. Um, Same. Mm-hmm. But uh, the touchpad is still there, which. Does anybody touch it <laughs> like on their PlayStation 4 right now besides opening menus? Yeah, the big map. You have to open your big map. It's your map mm-hmm. button. Mm-hmm. I, re- I think I remember like launch games. You used to have to like draw stuff or like swipe on it. Yeah. Which never really worked out no. too well. It. I think people were saying now it would be more for VR stuff because mm. that light it tracks the vr tracks the light of a right, controller right mm-hmm. which so i don't know what this would i hate the, gl- the glare of the light in my tv too just drives me nuts <laughs> um, the, um i think the touchpad my guess is for backwards compatibility for ps4 stuff like yeah you'd yeah. have to remap well because you can um, stuff. like i use my playstation 4 controller when I'm playing PC games that have like when I play elite dangerous, I use a PS4 controller cause that touchpad has five buttons on it. Mm-hmm. So mm. I can map like utility stuff to that, uh, which is pretty, pretty cool that mm-hmm. there's like five different like buttons all up in there. zones. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I don't know. I, I can take or leave the, the touchpad, you know, yeah, so the console's probably going to be white, right? Could I would white imagine and black. So. Yeah, people are thinking it might be a dual color. Yeah, I saw some like concept art, or someone posted like some sort of PlayStation Five like case, mm-hmm. and it looks pretty rad. I was like, I hope it looks like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, who knows? It's probably going to be the the one that has the food tray built in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hot dog warming tray. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, people are people are really hoping that it's not going to be the case, but that little uh, touchpad could be like a little screen that you could kind of change the graphics on. But hmm. not a screen, but like kind of you could put decals on it in a way. Oh, like it has like a yeah. Well, because everyone's like concepts of it, like their concept art is putting stuff in that face. Mm-hmm. So like the Spider Man version has like. The Spider-Man decal oh, over right, it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. The graphic so. like spreads over it. I mean, it, yeah. I think it. I think what would be cool is if the PlayStation let you just if PlayStation Five was like, here's the controller. We have this trackpad with has five buttons on it, and you can just kind of map the any button to whatever you want. Like that would be yeah. cool. That's a cool mm-hmm. idea. Like I, I, I don't. I honestly don't understand why. Uh, consoles don't do that shit. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um just even as an accessibility thing, you know? If you if one one of your hands doesn't work as well as the other, like you could change your buttons around. 
I am, uh, I'm excited to hear more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day. When? When is that going to happen? So Xbox is doing their um, their third party game. What games are going to be on their Xbox on Thursday? Yep. Thursday, May Thursday 7th. Of, yeah, say May 7th. May 7th. Um, so it would be awesome if PlayStation just was like Wednesday surprise just dropped all their shit. <laughs> That's what I want to see right now. So yeah. What do we have from PlayStation? The logo and the controller. Mm-hmm. Yep. In Xbox, yep. we've had, we have the console, a full console tear down. Yep. Mm-hmm. The controller, which is more or less the same. And now yep. we're starting to get games. So yeah. Hot damn. Sony. Do you guys watch the console wars on IGN at all? Do you listen? To uh, yeah, I've I've checked out a couple episodes. Did you see the one they just talked about? Sony did all these random like patents for like stuff. Oh no, I missed that one. Uh, I'll send it to you guys, and I I'll just talk about one of them. But it's just like one of the patents they have is a like a little buddy that sits on the couch with you, and it's an AI supported uh player. What? It's like a little. Well, they don't know what it's gonna look like but it would be like if you can't play games with friends you would have this little like ai buddy that sits next to you and plays games with you it's like the ai buddy in uh her <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, but just they they patented like off. a lot of weird yeah they, they patented a bunch of weird shit like that that's like for playstation 5 or over for the f- playstation generations ps5 oh okay huh that's awesome I hope yeah. they don't model the trash talking off of current in-game chatter. Ooh, that would be bad. <laughs> that that little AI bot would be racist immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that how Listen all it. AI learning goes? Like when they put it on the internet, like it becomes like racist like within like hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just posted the photo of the little buddy in the in the Discord. Oh yeah. my! <laughs> that, that's the lint that's already sitting in my couch. <laughs> yeah, that is a good concept drawing too. Uh, so, Eric, what do what would you snack on? What's your recommended snack to uh, for the paranormal activities in control? Uh, so, still in the quarantine, so snacks still being limited. Uh, need to purchase more. Uh, but for uh, control, I've got. The Oreo. Oh, okay. So was kind of reading up on the Oreo. There's a bunch of conspiracy theories <laughs> and a bunch of riddles that are supposedly hidden inside this uh, cookie design. Really? Yeah, so uh, kind of just lend itself to be part of control, I'd say. So I just like that this little description. The meaning of the ornate design stamped on every Oreo cookie is a riddle wrapped in an enigma between two chocolate wafers and luscious cream filling. Wow. So I guess there is some theories that the cross on the Oreo is related to the Knights of Templar. (laughs) And (laughs) there is also uh, some kind of like the Iron Cross going on. Oh my. Uh, It's going to be hard to see, but there's a little like Four yeah. clover looking things are supposedly like iron crosses. Okay. So, uh, harking back to the first crusade. So, uh, some interesting things in this, uh, you know, object of power, I'd say. 
Would you <laughs> would you say the cream is the astral plane? The cream is definitely the astral plane. <laughs> uh, and that's where your soul goes, and we're kind of stuck on one side or the other. Very nice. Wow. Now, what? Oh, how yeah. many? How big is your cream? You double, single? No, so uh, Haley got the normal cream. Uh-huh. I'm a double stuff guy. Yeah. Uh, I'll even mint Oreo. Oh, yeah, mint. Mint's preferred. one. Yep. <laughs> so. Double stuff should should become the standard. It should. I don't know why there's even... There's You seen the thin ones? Yeah, there's thin ones that are thinner than the original. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> okay, <laughs> on to the game of the show. We played uh, Control, which originally came out August 27th of last year. It was developed by Remedy Entertainment. Um, nominated for a couple awards, actually. Or are these winning awards, it looks like? These are the two they won. The Game Award for Best Art Direction, which was awesome. Uh, and the BAFTA Games Award for Performer in a Supporting Role. It's, so that's uh, uh, Ati. Yeah, the janitor, right? Yep. Um. Got an 82% on Metacritic, which is pretty high for a Metacritic score, I think. Um, and this is Remedy's first game that's out on a Sony platform, right? First PlayStation one? Uh, I think Max Payne came out. On- oh, Payne, yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Maybe uh, I should clarify in this kind of newer series of uh, para- paranormal type of games because there's Alan Wake. Right, which oh. is directly tied into control. Alan Wake and then um Quantum Break. Quantum Break, yeah. Which I don't know if it has a tie in. I don't know either, but I looked at I looked up gameplay of Quantum Break and it has very similar gameplay to this game. Definitely. Uh so the game revolves around the Federal Bureau of Control, also known as the FBC, a secret US government agency tasked with containing and studying phenomenon that violate the laws of reality. As Jesse Faden, who's voiced by Courtney Hope, the Bureau's new director, the player explores the oldest house, which is the FBC's paranormal headquarters. Very, Ooh. very intriguing. Yes. To mm-hmm. me. Anyways. So how much did you guys know about this game before you started? Zero. I saw some E3 stuff. Um mm-hmm. I didn't see any reviews. I knew it reviewed and scored well. Uh, I also knew that it was about some paranormal type stuff. Um, nice. And I remember when it launched that it ran like shit. <laughs> so that's all I really knew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I played this on PC and I got it when it came out. And um, I could run it on like low settings at the time because my graphics card was a little older um what did you guys play it on uh ps4 ps4 as well it scooped it scooped it up on sale it's been like six months or so since it came out so mm-hmm. i'm they've i know they've they've patched and re like worked on optimization and stuff so what do you, mm-hmm. what was your guys's uh overall like um Sorry, hardware well, experience uh, did it was it uh was it as bad as it was um when it first came out you think or <laughs> probably not as bad as when it first came out um yeah, there was even a patch middle of this month actually that in my from what i could tell made the game run quite a bit smoother um because almost every large 
encounter with like several enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I started like throwing stuff around and, you know, papers are flying in the air and stuff, um, it would definitely mm-hmm. slow down. Especially like, I think it's when the exploding guys showed up that I really noticed it, which was pretty early on. Yeah. Um, I mean, the game itself is like pretty advanced as far as particle effects and all the things that you can interact and uh, like even just doing a melee attack, like, you know, leaves like noticeable damage on the floor mm-hmm. and all like if you do the dash move like into a pillar or a wall, like everything crumbles and the lighting mm-hmm. effects are really great in this game too. So, I mean, this it is definitely pushing the limits of this generation for sure. Yeah. Um, so wasn't the whole, I was reading up on this, but Nolan, wasn't the whole thing is like, it's real time ray tracing. Is that's what's killing? Yes. This? Yeah. So um, this game, not very many games, like games can't really support ray tracing, um, which is like ray tracing is just a, it's like the most accurate lighting and reflection simulation that I think you can get in any sort of render, like 3D render. Um, don't quote me on that because I, I don't know <laughs> for sure, but I know that it's like really advanced. Um, and game, like I think next generation, that's going to be kind of like the big thing, like uh, realistic lighting and also sound. Um, like I, I was listening to someone talk about ray tracing and how it affects, like light waves affects like like three dimensional sound or something like that. Um, I'm not I'm not entirely sure like how that's gonna work, but basically like uh, sound is going to like realistically bounce off walls and stuff like that in ray tracing three dimensional sound system. I don't know. It's wild. Like I played a little bit before we did the podcast and. I've, since then, I've gotten a new graphics card that can run ray tracing, and I I could run it at pretty much max um, ray tracing quality. So everything has reflection. Everything has, like, realistic lighting and shadows, and it looks insanely good. Nice. Um, yeah, there was also, like, the lighting... So before the patch came out, the lighting almost looked um like there was like a noise texture or like a noise mm-hmm. overlay that was causing mm-hmm. it to like kind of squiggle and shift and when the patch came out um that was all removed so it looked mm-hmm. really good i mean it looked good before but it looked really good mm-hmm. after it's almost they're like bread and butter though that's the interesting thing who max paint or like uh, remedy yeah, because even on like Alan Wake, mm-hmm. has kind of that atmospheric like dust. Yes, I know it's supposed to be like a noise, but yeah, well, their game comes they're, across. Their games are like super atmospheric, and they mm-hmm. they take like a cinematic approach to their games. So like, I feel like mm-hmm. they set up like really dramatic lighting in all their their games, which yeah. is rad. I um, was gonna say along the same lines too that environment is a huge part of their storytelling it seems and especially in this game uh like the different type of areas that are in the oldest house and stuff really set up uh kind of the mood and in atmosphere for that part that mission 
particularly. So, it, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool that like they have like this, um, like Baroque, like Gothic orchestra or not Gothic, brutalist, brutalist. Thank you. Baroque is the exact opposite. Yeah, <laughs> like brutalist ar- architecture. Everything's just like very geometric, but then like all of the areas are really unique. Yeah, like why do you have a room that just uh, analyzes one thing? And then that room is like completely different than the whole agency in itself. Mm-hmm. It's like theme. It's like, why do you have a swimming pool wing in your house? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> because you can. And it also yeah. just like, I, I thought like when I first started playing this game, I was like, I wonder how, like, it, I know you don't leave. I knew you didn't leave the oldest house when you, when I started the game. And I was kind of bummed about that. Cause I was like, oh, this is going to get kind of boring, I think. But honestly, like I found all the different departments, like really interesting and different. And they like, like you were saying, like environment, their environmental storytelling is like pretty good in this game. Yeah. Uh, and how much of that is, you know, the oldest house doing its own thing or like, you know, the FBC, yeah. um, kind of, you know, taking over the oldest house as it's like headquarters, you know, Mm -hmm. which was Um, such an awesome concept finding uh, this like other dimensional, otherworldly like structure and then mm -hmm. setting up a bureaucratic office inside. And like, there's just like mysteries unknown amongst it. Right. And And like, you can only access like certain parts by going through thresholds and yeah, how that all works and stuff is crazy. I I also like, uh, Yeah, I also liked how it's just like a nondescript building in New York, like just this kind of gray obelisk with mainly like no windows, you know? Yeah. And if you don't, if you just aren't looking for it, you just don't even recognize, like realize it's there. Yeah. Ah, So good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. IKEA owns a building that's very similar to this. (laughs) Do they? Yeah. Um, Well, just even the storytelling through each section of the world i'd say uh how did you guys kind of come across the other storytelling elements like um documents and um <clears throat> not east not all easter eggs but you know there are some easter eggs yeah. throughout the world mm-hmm. uh how did you guys kind of interact with those elements uh i pretty much tried to read everything i found listen to listen to any audio log and also watch all the videos. I, I, I personally like, um, like if I'm like really enjoying a game, especially the story or like the setting, I, I will like go deep on like all the extra, like little content stuff. And I found all the like little documents and stuff really like charming and interesting. Um, and, expanded um the setting since you're you're pretty much walking through this world um like alone except for like like uh employees will start showing up at your like you know your like home base but you're not really interacting with them along the way except for like a couple main characters so Mm -hmm. i just it like really filled out like the oldest house like or the um fbc side which i thought was cool 
Yeah, I, I, I don't have much to add there um, because I pretty much 100% completely agree uh, with everything Nolan said. Like, if I'm into a game and the story as much as I was into this one, like, I was just consuming every bit of content I could find. Um, and it, it's in pretty good context to how you're playing Jesse too because it's her first time in the Federal Bureau of Control. So you're, and she's now the director and is, like, throughout the game, learning everything about it. So every like document uh, that's laying around, you know, you're kind of learning about it at the same time as the, the main character, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I only read the ones that were in like main story element areas. So mm-hmm. like I read the ones mainly around her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a couple other sections that I, um, like I read the mold area and then there was another section that I, read nice but i was picking up documents constantly i don't know yeah. how you guys are there's switching a, there's a ton back back and forth between action and then reading like honestly six uh, six documents what i would do is basically like like i would go through an area and i'd collect everything and then i would just keep playing and then after like a section when i kind of got to like a calm safe spot I would just go back through and just kind of read everything that I had. I picked up and yeah, um, I did pretty much the same thing except once the list started getting really long, you know, you would have like a red indicator that it was a Mm -hmm. new thing you haven't read, Mm -hmm. but it's probably a lot easier to scroll through that list on PC, but you just have to press the down arrow constantly and you can't really see what the next collectible is below that. Uh, So you're clearing out, as like you're going the the red notification you, yeah. they really should make it so you cl- when you click on it and open it that it uh goes yeah. through um yeah. but yeah i mean there is a ton of stuff for sure yeah a there, ton of collectibles there the um especially in the dlc i i started to not read everything um just cuz i was like i was getting i i I had a pretty good understanding of what was going on and I just was like ready to just kind of get through the rest of it. But I basically any altered object uh, like um, AWE documents, I read all those cause I just like mm-hmm. wanted to hear about all those experiences, but the kind of like the, and they did a good job of like separating it out into like, like a, like a FBC memos and then, AWE mm-hmm. encounters and altered object documents. So you could kind of like pick and choose like what you want to, you actually want to read, which was nice. Yeah. yeah. So I think my, f- my favorite ones were the altered world events. Cause you don't interact with all of them. Like a lot of the missions are set around some of the other AWEs. Yeah. Um, but I also really liked the ones about the objects of power, like how they were discovered and like what they had to do to yes. lie. Like they're, I don't know if you guys did the traffic light side mission. Yeah. But the document around that one is like, they told everybody that there was like a chemical leak. Uh, so that, you know, everybody thought that they were, they were like more in a haze when the traffic light was actually like teleporting them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my highlight ones were the, the, the dead letter documents, which were all like the dead letters department is like essentially junk mail. Like, there was one about uh, the singing fish where you've pressed the button, you know, and it sings like the don't worry, be happy one. Yeah. And somebody mm-hmm. was said like it was possessed by the devil and yeah. like, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. The dead letters were uh, great 
Um, and they went along with the, um, what was the name of the radio show that they made? I can't remember. There was like a TV show, right? That they pitched. Um, or yeah. So like, like that. there was like a radio show, like, that they they brought back like that uh, it was already oh, off yeah, the yeah, air. yeah I do remember and that. they brought it back to basically like it was like the dead letters they were using it to like find altered objects yes and yeah. um so oh it was so good like all of all the interviews were really great yeah um and then um, something happens like I found one really late in the game that like like the like something like an altered object got into the radio show or something and they all died it was good. nice isn't that how they found ordinary and the slide projector was uh call into the radio station i don't know i don't i think so actually i do think so because there was like an ordinary um i think there was an ordinary radio show um and so there's the threshold kids tv show which was a plan it was by the federal by the fbc that if they were to release all the information to the public, that the public would be more comfortable with paranormal activity and stuff because they're kind of like brainwashing them through this TV show. Oh, I thought it was for the, um, I thought it was made for Jesse or not Jesse. Um, Dylan, Dylan. Uh, yeah, I, that I could be confusing the threshold kids TV show and the other pilot that they were doing to, oh, okay. There's definitely one that they were like going to release to the public to make people more comfortable with. Yeah. And it sounded like an X-Files ish type of TV show. Yeah. Which just kind of reminds me of the unsolved mystery show, you know, which mm-hmm. touched on like paranormal and missing people and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All that and stuff it, was like so good. And like they have such like a remedy has such a like good pulp vibe to their games. Mm-hmm. Um, my, like, did you guys watch any of the, um, uh, what the phone call videos with trench? Yeah. Yep. Oh, the hotline ones, the hotline. They're so good. Cause they're like the trench is played by like the same guy who does voices Max Payne. And I, I don't really remember Max Payne two, but in Max Payne one, like his like noir, like, dramatic voice is like all over Max Payne. And then he does these like monologue hotline, like control takes and they're excellent. <laughs> they're so good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're right. Like, the threshold kids. It was made for Dylan. Um, there's, there are certain glaring gaps in the bureau's ability to educate and raise a young redacted. So. Yeah. There are no other kids for them to play with and is expected to learn about frightening new concepts. Yeah. And like one of the people who works in research and development's like, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at making puppets. So yeah, the, I, <laughs> I'm reading the, the initiative proposal. It's like budget will be, would be minimal. I took a few puppet making courses at my local community. Center. <laughs> oh man. It's so good. Yeah. I do have like one overall like complaint about all that stuff mm-hmm. is when Jesse comes to the facility, she kind of just names these outerly world creatures the hiss mm-hmm. because of the noise they're making. And then throughout the documents, they're referred to as the hiss. Yeah. So it's like at some point you interact with the secondary character and they're like, oh, so that's what we're calling them now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, right. oh, you've been calling them that for years because you wrote tons of documents yeah. <laughs> about them. 
also when she becomes a director, like her, the photos immediately change to her. So it's like, mm-hmm. is the oldest house manipulating the documents or is Ooh, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. There was some definite like other dimensional work working going on there. That is it true. Could be the, God, that'd be the worst if you're a interdimensional being and you had it being and you had to do all this paperwork. I know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the board is. They're just like, they're all the ones like, uh, <laughs> doing all the redacted shit. <laughs> so there's uh, 202 documents, 23 audio logs, seven images, three songs, 21 Jeez. darling videos, and six threshold kids videos for a total Jeez. of 261 clips. Ooh, I might have got all the threshold kids videos then. Uh, there's like a really good one that you get in the DLC for threshold kids where it's like it's in the astral plane. There's like a floating TV you find. They made like a really wild, weird episode and then no one liked it. So they sent it to the astral plane, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Get it out of here. Yeah. Man. So good. Um, So Laura was, of course, a a huge part. What did you guys think about the story overall? Uh, Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the story overall. Um, I thought there was enough like mystery and like cool X-Files type uh, moments in this which i really had a fun time with um the ending wasn't that great for me but um yeah just through the lore alone like there was a lot of like elements going on at the same time like she had this otherworldly being in her head she's also in this building that's very complicated there was like a lot of like cross-section stuff that i was have i wasn't having a hard time keeping up with i was just like they crammed a lot Mm -hmm. into this that I was like trying to focus on the main story of the game. And I feel like I kind of lost track a few times. So that's kind of where there was moments in the game where it kind of dipped. But then there was other moments where it just really like peaked and they were like really selling it to me. Like toward the end when they're like recreating her whole entire town. Mm-hmm. And then they're like talking about all this stuff that happened to her and her brother as a kid was like amazing. Um, that I felt like other areas were lacking. But then there were some really cool moments where they're like, hey, go fight this fridge that this guy's been staring at for like, <laughs> the, the fridge. <laughs> who was knows great. how, who knows how long. I think he was there for over a day. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, like, the, I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. <blinked> in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of like cool uh, side mission stuff that I think built on this uh, really well. And now I want a TV show. <laughs> Dude, I want a TV show so badly. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, Brian? How yeah, what you... did you get? Um, yeah, I mean, I think overall I, I really enjoyed the the story and the setting and everything. Um, you know, you, you do find out that you're eventually there to, or you're there to go after your, your brother who you were separated when, you know, you had the Alter World event in an ordinary where you there was a bunch of kids playing with a, like a slide projector, which I don't know, caused all sorts of crazy shit. Like uh, Polaris in her, in her head, like they went to the altered dimension or whatever astral plane. Astral I'm not plane. Sure where, where did they go? They went to, they went to another it's dimension. It's the astral plane. It's the um, astral plane. Cause each, but sli- then a bunch- each slide would uh, go to a different dimension. Right. Um, so I, I I do wish the stuff with Dylan was flushed out a little bit bigger, better because um, 
you know, your whole first or at least kind of the second act, like you're trying to find your your brother and he really doesn't do a lot as far as like driving the story or anything like that. Like you kind of just get him and then he's locked up. And then I guess he does kind of tell you where you should go in the oldest house, but it, there's a lot of unresolved stuff. Like you become the director of the FBC at the end. Well, I guess you're the director when you start, but you kind of are formally like given the title at that point. Um, but it's like, is the FBC good? Is it bad? Like there's kind of some points where you're like, you might be there to like really bring down the FBC, which was kind of my thought. And then you just are like firmly in charge at the end where you're kind of promoting people and, you know, really taking charge as the director, which was interesting. So I don't know. It was, it was a really cool story. I'm, I'm hoping that some of this DLC pans out, which would be really fun. Yeah. I, the, whole Zachary Trent stuff too is interesting because he seems like he's helping you throughout the whole thing and then at the end it's like a twist that well, he's been like corrupted. I think he's helping you front through the hop, hotline mostly which is him. Yeah but was that stuff like pre-recorded or is he like... No the hotline is like a direct... It's a direct line to the dead board. and also um, the board. So yeah. he's like talking to you through the hotline throughout the mm-hmm. game, yeah. which is kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I really like the story in this game. This shit is like right up my alley. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I also found the, um, uh, ending to be pretty lackluster. I was, they have like, they want you to like keep playing this game and, like doing like combat runs like you would in like destiny or something. So I feel like they left it purposely open ended. So you're like, I mean also there's two DLCs that are coming out after which one just came out. Um, So maybe like more there, like maybe the story will wrap up through those um, stories, but it was like, I was expecting like a big battle at the end and it, it, you just kind of like touch Dylan and then it's like, yeah. And then it's like, and then next week he's in a coma and everything's yeah. back to normal Yeah, or there's still his, we got to get him though. You know, yeah. I don't know. It was kind of a weird ending, but I mean, regardless, like the rest of the game, like all the sections were like really cool. Like, finding all the darling videos and like how that kind of carried the story too was really cool. Um, like all those videos are really interesting and rad. And um, I'm, I, I, there was like a section in the middle that I kind of was like getting kind of annoyed or not annoyed, but just like the combat's fun, but like really I'm just here for the lore. Um, and um, it was kind of like, go here and then like the exits block. So you got to go all the way back and then, then get like a key card and then go back again. And that kind of shit really like drives me crazy in games where you like go to a location and they're like, Oh, it's locked. You got to go back like that. Yeah. That kind of, so they did like a couple things like that, but not too much. Um, the, the map system was a pain in the ass too. Cause I would like 
be on the lower floor, but it told me I had to be on the upper floor. Yeah, I could. And like some they, of the elevators went sideways. Yeah. And I was like, so the yeah. um, maintenance, the maintenance map in particular was like really hard for me to navigate because it was like yeah. corridors on top of corridors. And I was like, what the hell yeah, is going it, on? It's hard to tell what level you're on. Yeah. In the map. Um, But yeah, man, like I really enjoy the story in this game and like I was eating all of it up and uh, in the DLC, the story is pretty light. Um, It has to do. So in the, it has to do more with the board. Like you were saying, like, or Brian, I think you were saying um, like, are, is the FBC good or bad or, you know, like stuff like that. They answer a little bit of that in the, the foundation you're kind of going directly against the board's wishes mm. and you're, you're working with the former uh, who is mm. um, in the kitchen, in the fridge mission when you, you fight like that giant uh, monster. Yeah. So that's the form. Mm-hmm. That's a former board member who got kicked out for not agreeing <laughs> with him. Oh my. So his, that's what, that's why they call him like the former. And so in the DLC, you're working with the former to cleanse the foundation of the hiss. I think the, answer is if the fbc is good or bad i think is just kind of similar with like other government agencies right like the fbi or cia like they're supposed to be for the good of the public yeah. but sometimes they do some bad shit yeah they do you some, know and you're like cr- some crazy stuff and it's like okay well uh you know so i i think it's just supposed to be similar to yeah to that yeah and i think that the foundation doesn't like go crazy into it but it Definitely like has Jesse being like, listen, I'm not here for the board. I'm here for the human race. So fuck mm-hmm. you. And um, interesting. Uh, <sighs> that was all really cool. There's also some um, more lore on like the guy who made the control points in the oldest mm-hmm. house and um, the the other directors before Trench and how they were kind of shitty. Yeah, it's good. It's worth playing, but. I'm really hoping the next one's fin- wraps up the story a little better. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're kind of the, I you guys, I don't know if you guys played Alan Wake, but Alan Wake was kind of the same way. Like you're on, I'm not going to ruin it, but you're like on a mission to find out what happened to your like wife and you're like a Stephen King style writer. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm like, that kind of wraps up at some point And then you have like six DLCs to like keep going. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And at that point, like this, this, the drive kind of like, it's more about gameplay and mm-hmm. which I mean, like, I like the gameplay a lot in this game, Same, but I mean, without the lore, like I was, it was like a secondary to the lore for me, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I wonder why they build their games like this. Cause what's the, what's the point besides to keep, I don't know, keep acquiring money to like fund your next project. Why do they come it, out with I, DLCs or what do you mean? Because I, I know I like the bigger companies like the EAs and stuff will keep doing the DLC to kind of like hook you and keep you along and like keep the game active. But like for something like this, that's very like story driven. Like what is bringing you back to like play that DLC? Yeah. I mean that you want want more story. I yeah. think, you know, uh, yeah. like the second expansion is called AWE and the logo teases like an Alan Wake control crossover right mm-hmm. so if you're mm-hmm. invested in that universe like you're going to want to play 
more and get more story out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think usually when DLC is coming out, like it's a smaller team is developing it. Right. And then another, a larger team is working on the next game. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a revenue crossover. Yeah. I think, um, and they, I'm sure they get a small percentage of people that purchase the, the DLC. Um, but if you want more content, then it's like, then it's, then it's there for you. Yeah. Like it's, it's a story game. Like I think you're kind of comparing, um, like a more of like well, I'm a saying like yeah like a battlefront or something then. yeah yeah <clears throat> usually in uh, DLCs like I don't I don't mind that companies release DLCs or want me to if they're going to keep working on it but typically I don't want to have to pay for a DLC just to find out the ending to you, your story yeah I feel I hear you there. like at the same at the same time like I'm I'm satisfied with control like I I I was bummed with the ending but like. I enjoyed the game and everything along with it so much that I don't really care that much about the ending. Um, and I will definitely get the DLC cause I just want to spend more time like the other aspects of the world, I guess. Um, so how, how do you guys play it? There's a, there is a little bit of a skill tree and abilities and mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, did you guys focus on anything? Did you have a, a favorite ability that you used more than others? Uh, I stuck with the throwing mechanic the most. Mm-hmm. I boosted that thing, yeah, as much as I could. Same, yeah. It had a lot of and damage I, too, which I really, yeah, which, which was good. I you kind of one hit kill most people besides the bigger dudes. Yeah, but I leveled that thing up all the way first, and then I, I for my gun I used the grip and the pierce, pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Um, same. I, and then like I would interchange the charge and the, um, the spin in there occasionally for certain mm-hmm. boss fights, but, mm-hmm. um, never use the shatter. <laughs> really? Really? Uh, yeah. Nope. I was mostly doing peer or, uh, grip and shatter. Oh, nice. Um, I upgraded the shield damage on that one. So I would like blast the, sh- their shields down, get, get up close and, do that and then switch the grip and pop a couple headshots. And nice. nice. Get them out of there. Yeah. Um, but I definitely was using um, launch, the launch ability a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, it was also like a good way to keep the damage going while you're like reloading. Yeah. Like your guns recharging and stuff. Yeah. Um, evade was pretty good too. I barely used shield. Mm-hmm. I had to be desperate to use <laughs> shield. Yeah. Um, and then I also liked at the beginning of a, a large group fight, getting a couple people's health down low and then seizing mm-hmm. and then taking out other guys while hopefully they were doing some of my bidding. Yeah. The, <laughs> the only uh, ability that I didn't use too much was the slam, like where you fly mm-hmm. and then because it just took mm. so much ener- of your energy. Yeah. It almost like maxed out your yeah. energy. Yeah. Uh, and then. I started using the shield uh, towards the end um, on some of the more difficult boss fights because, uh, like, um, when you fight in the mirror, the mirror world of yours, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you have to fight yourself. And she was Jesse spelled backwards. <laughs> yep, she was using the sl- that slam ability a lot, and it would just like dominate me because you can't really yeah. dodge out of the way of it. So yeah. I would use the shield. And it would suck up all, it would like absorb all the um, 
damage. And then I upgraded the shield enough so I could when I let go it like shot all of the mm-hmm. stuff out. So mm-hmm. it was like a mm-hmm. blast. So I, I only used the shield towards the end on like some of the more like challenging boss fights, but I guess actually I used quite a bit of the abilities. Um it was just the gun mostly that I stuck to like what I was comfortable with. The gu- like I was telling you guys this, I think this game has a lot of similarities to I think like Dead Space. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. In terms of the way it's designed, like in Dead Space, you kind of use one gun and it kind of like you configure it to like your liking in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, also too, like you're kind of you keep getting confined to these spaces, where then you like take on these challenges in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of interesting that it had some similarities, and I know it would be awesome to see what remedy it would do with kind of a straight horror game or a sci- like or more a- like a space game yeah that's a pretty interesting comparison or a pretty good one i think yeah even that one there was a lot of like you go to level two of the spaceship and then you have to backtrack down to level one because you didn't have the right gun to mm-hmm. like open something and then all of a sudden it's like you're back to level one mm-hmm. have all the key cards mm-hmm. And then by the time you get to level four again, it's like there's all new bosses and everything. So yeah. that's kind of how this game seemed to like play out. A little Metroidvania-esque, Eric? Uh-huh. Oh, it's, it's definitely Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't escape. They're all Metroid. <laughs> They're all Metroidvania. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting how your abilities somewhat mimic the the hiss abilities too. Like, mm-hmm. yep. it's it's a thin line of you're a good guy or a bad guy almost yeah in the lore it's because you're getting your uh your powers from the altered objects yeah and the hiss have corrupted the altered objects to gain those powers as well yeah yeah so you you're both getting your like abilities a pair of utilitarian abilities from um the same space nice ah the lore uh the i lore just want so to quickly <laughs> quickly talk about the design of this game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh just the Basically, the brutalist art architecture mixed with just the minimalistic graphic design and all the elements was amazing. Dude, it was yeah. so cool. Like when you walk into a new section and like the like name of the area like pops up mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. full screen, it scared me every time. Like it made me jump. <laughs> yeah. I was like, boom. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Well, right. even just it's such a corporate style building. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't think there'd be any character in it, but there's so much character. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially when stuff starts like twisting and like kind of transforming like as you're moving through the environment and stuff was really cool. Like taking over control points too. And like the room like fully reveals itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the use of color, like all the the super bright, vibrant red. Yeah. And when Mm -hmm. you go into the hotel, it's like almost that like purple, uh, like, like UV light color. Yeah, really, really awesome. Yeah, their their colors were definitely muted, but they like did a lot with like the red and yellows, and also it's cool because like they they're messing with like brutalist architecture and government bureaucratic buildings in an abstract mm-hmm. structure. So like like in um, the DLC, you go to like office room where the walls are basically just like stacks of columns, like an M.C. Escher painting almost. There's just like bureaucratic like office rooms built into each level and it's not functional, 
like how would they get in there? But also it's like, of course they would do this. Like they yeah. find this like completely like non-functional room and they put like offices in here and like, well, we can put people in here. Yeah. And that's what it's, it was, it's it like. so awesome. Well, it's like what we currently, well, what we currently do, I don't know anymore, but uh, what they used to do was just like, yeah, they would just fill the space. Mm-hmm. Like watching shows like Mindhunter, they're stuck in a weird sub basement, but it's all cement. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like there's no difference between the sub basement and the basement above. The basement above just has like nicer furniture. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the only difference. Um, yeah. It's, some of that stuff, I wonder like how much of it is the old house or the oldest house like impacting the environment or just like this is what we have to work with. Yeah. Like all the, mm-hmm. um, like when you go to the mail room, how it has all those like pipes for shooting mail around and it yeah. looks like super like organized chaos mm-hmm. almost, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like how the, but when you go, when you traverse to the hotel the first time, like you walk into this huge, like open chamber, right? And the hotline is just like floating, in the floating room. on a pillar in the middle of the room. Like there's so many cool environments like that. Yeah. I also really appreciated that almost every room had an explanation. Um, and also mm-hmm. um, why the technology was so old is because. <laughs> oh, yeah. The right. old, like cell phones and like modern technology like it just would break in the like ages yeah super fast almost right yeah like cell phones would explode it was great because you're like why are they why is everyone using reel-to-reel projectors and like envelope tubes and shit (laughs) oh that the end game where you're like running mail around oh so good it's (laughs) the false ending that blew me away i was like what i was like i thought i had another mission left and i thought it must be like a side mission or something like that also um the black rock quarry how mm-hmm. like it's just somewhere in space and they just have no idea like where it is and stuff uh it was a really cool touch i'd say my last point on design that more games need to bring back is the live action i agree i yeah i loved all the videos with the live action people dude me too man some people were really turned off by that but i thought it was great yeah i mean Especially, it, like, one of the only real negatives I could say about the game is, like, the animation uh, in oh, facial animation? Di- dialogue and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Facial animation which Dude, wasn't great. No. Even, like, the jump animation, if you were, like, standing still and you jump, there's, like, a oh, weird, like, stutter. And the way she runs upstairs looks really weird, mm-hmm. too. It's just like she's running on a flat plane yeah. instead of, like, you know, stepping on stairs and stuff. So I think, uh, yeah, I had no problem with the live action stuff. It was- yeah. The, the, her movement didn't bother me too much, especially like when she was like floating. Cause it looked really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought the levitating looked really good too. Dude, the mouth, uh, P's and M's and B sounds, their mouth just wouldn't shut. They're just like, <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, you're like, Oh, it drove me insane. I couldn't, I couldn't like take my eyes off of it because yeah, the cameras are also just like extreme close-ups. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So you're just like, Oh my God, just shut your, just, just make a B sound for me, please. One time. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, whatever, you know, I, I actually, that was like one of the first things I noted when I started the game was like this jump animation is terrible. Oh really? Yeah. And then I realized like quickly, it's like, Oh, they have to have this weird jump mechanic because you're going to levitate at some point mm-hmm. yeah and that kind of sets it sets you up to that stage so it's like if they 
wouldn't have you jump it would be weird yeah. yep uh i really liked when you start when you levitate too stuff around you starts to levitate like boxes yeah. and stuff Dude. start to float off and the amount of objects that are affected by your abilities is just like insane it makes yeah. them feel like yeah. so powerful like when you use your uh like throw and like your object flies by desks and all the like I know you've touched on this, Brian, but just like the desks like explode as like the force of your object flies by. Oh man, it just feels so yeah. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. I'm I'm ca- actually kind of like surprised that it's running on modern day consoles. It's it's really yeah. really pushing pushing the limits. So, did you guys have a favorite side character? Um, I mean. I think my favorites were definitely kind of the main three, um, Darling, Trench, and then um, kind of your your second in command. Uh, Ahi? No. Ati? Uh, <laughs> Pope. Mm. Pretty impactful janitor. Ati, uh, the lore behind Ati is also very excellent, if you found, yeah. and found any of that. But yeah. uh, Ati is also really good. I Honestly, I think the only one, I think the one that I didn't uh, find that interesting was just uh, Simon Erish, mm-hmm. who is, I believe that's the security manager. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, Head of security. He, did you get his like, he said, uh, he said bruise and wings sometime. And I just wanted to sh- throw him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just like, whoop, I was like, get out of here, get... you bro. <laughs> did you get the point where like, when you'd like, finish a mission for him and you're like i gotta get going he's like i got things to do too yeah, you know yeah. and he said that like every single time you left yeah him. everyone else i thought was like really interesting and uh funny and unique yeah i think darling was my favorite uh too just because you're really only learning him through about him through like the live action videos where he's like explaining stuff yeah. and the beginning mm-hmm. ones he's like really helpful and it's kind of like a cheesy like PSA type of feeling, yes. and then the later ones you start to find like shit is starting to hit the fan, and the one where before he dies, I I think. Um, did you see like his shirt was off? That dude was freaking ripped. Was he? <laughs> My goodness. Oh yeah, dude, he's jacked to high hell. Uh, you know, you want to know something funny about that actor? Where's the gym in the uh, oldest house? Uh, I never found that. Uh, that actor it's in the DLC, Brian. That actor is um in. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the, mm. he's like the dagger wielding guy. Like, do you remember him? Yeah. He like no, it's been a while since Robin Hood like shoots an arrow at him and he like cuts the, he like cuts the arrow down with his blades. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. What a good movie. I know. I was <laughs> like, no way! I can't believe he's in this. Uh, what about you, Eric? You got any favorites? Uh, I I like Ati a lot. I thought his whole. Thing was uh, when you go to his pretty great yeah oh man the visuals when you like go to that area and it's just like the trees going on the foundation like, yeah what's what's that aspect where it's like two pictures together yeah it's like Never uh, remember the, that effect there double using it's not awesome. double exposure really but that's kind of the same effect it, yeah it, i thought it that was cool when you were transitioning between spaces like through the fire break and stuff like that like it would play some of the hotline videos stuff over oh, yeah like those sliding right. huge sliding granite doors yes. it'll start playing like a hotline video over mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 over that yeah yeah that that all that sequence that was amazing no i liked i liked him casper darlings 
stuff was always great to watch. Um, I'm trying to find her name again. Uh, Underhill. If you played the uh, mold mission, I thought she was pretty funny. Yeah. She's just kind of going about her business when all the shit's still going on. Yeah, she doesn't, doesn't she really doesn't care. Do shit. She's just like more into the yeah. mold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah she's <laughs> just obsessed with the mold. Uh, my favorite part about the mold, too, is it's uh, really smells really tasty and everyone wants to eat I it. I know. I know. That was such a good. <laughs> all the audio logs down there were great. Like they're just like oh, getting I high. Um, also, uh, Frederick Langston, he was the Panopticon uh, supervisor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that guy. Yeah, he was great. He was such a the really sh- grungy yeah. looking dude. He's such a schlub, but uh, dude, his yeah, like all his dialogue is so good. He's like, oh, you finished it now. I can like do my own shit. Yeah, the characters were pretty good, except for uh, <laughs> except for that one, that one bro, Arish. Er- yeah, Simon Arish. I think his name is uh, Arish. Uh, I was reading some comments and people were shipping him and Jesse. So we oh, got a boy. Oh boy. We got a full uh, X Files. Jesse and Pope. Jesse and Pope. <laughs> They're already best friends. Give give Ati some more. Dude, Ati's an otherworldly uh, alien. It's okay. The, he uh, the documents on him are like, no one knows where he came from. He has more. No- he has like an a, insane knowledge of the oldest house. Just let him be. <laughs> it's so good. I let let the him best parts. The best parts when you read them in different sections and are like the chatter just keeps coming around in this area. I don't know why. Yeah, he's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, also, how he traverses traverses the ashtray maze, dude. They're like, "How did he get over here?" And it's all because he's <laughs> got that jamming Walkman going. Dude, on. can we talk about the Walkman real quick? And yeah, we got. Uh, let's uh, just talk about the ast- Let's just talk about the um, astral maze or whatever it's called for a second, because is that your favorite moment, dude? I think, I think that that section surprised me. Like I wasn't like I, cause I went through it before and I couldn't get through, you know? So I like, yeah, I yeah. looped through it a couple times and I'm like, there's gotta be a trick to this. I'm missing. And then it comes up in the story and you get his like headphones and I'm, I'm thinking it's going to play like, you know, cause like going down to, to his vacation spot in the foundation, you have, it's playing like uh like the Russian, or I don't yeah. know if it's Russian, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, like some like crazy opera music. So I'm like, oh, it's yep. going to play that. And then you put them on and like the most like ridiculous, like metal song starts playing. Dude. Amazing. Amazing. So good. So good. <laughs> I just, I was blown away by that whole section. Like it was so different. And like the, the fighting sections and stuff you're just like destroying all these guys and the maze is like ever evolving yeah, and larger areas and small areas and oh man it was so awesome flipping I got upside really, down i got really sick in that part and the twisted room the, section. the tv room where you get the levitation it's when you're going to find like dylan i think and one of the one side of the room's normal it's like a library oh and it's curve one side's normal and the other side's like curved yeah. and you can like run up that and the whole thing just keeps like yeah. twisting and i was just like i am getting very <laughs> nauseous and then at the end she said that was awesome yeah i was like you <laughs> yeah. know what jesse that was awesome <laughs> it was awesome yeah it's mm-hmm. a definitely like a highlight moment in a video game for me 
even just some of the boss, not the boss fights, but the character engagements you'd have in that, where you'd have to fight different sections was great. Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, like all of a sudden this room's floaty people and the next one it's all like, here's a rock guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, though, some of the boss fights really, like, I didn't expect to fight the former, like, the giant, the giant alien, or the giant, like, yeah, in yeah. the bridge. And I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And then uh, yeah. in the mold section, you fight, like, a three headed snake monster. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is, uh, this is awesome. Yeah. Good, good shit. Some, yeah. The boss fights were hard as hell, but they were great. Yeah. I, the boss fights were tough. I found the boss fights to be hard and also rewarding. Uh, I liked the clock sections mm-hmm. with all the clocks. That was cool. How just gener- like tons of clocks were just generating everywhere. And um, that side mission was pretty cool too. That the boss fight was just this crazy like giant anchor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was just constantly like morphing or like you know rotating thing. That was that was pretty cool. Um, but I think the, the ashtray maze has to, has to be my favorite mission too. Yeah. Uh, or I think that the ordinary recreation stuff was, that was a really cool mission. Yes, it was. That, you know, they're really trying to discover like the projector and, you know, recreating like a scaled down version of the entire town and like had the kind of different areas that were impacted and they moved the entire dump over there and stuff was was really cool yeah it was really good i was actually let down by the size of the dump not that (laughs) yeah the size (laughs) of the dump no the when you get to the scale model room i was like oh shit's gonna really hit the fan i thought they actually recreated sorry i thought your pass was actually created by them like i thought all the stuff was fake oh in a way Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, but and it ended up being the flip side. Yep. So I thought that sequence was going to be a lot more impactful when I got there, and it was just kind of like, here's a scale model of my right mm. my town. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dump was more the emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of funny, but I was kind of underwhelmed when I got into that room. Uh, so in the DLC, um, you find a video camera. Uh, altered object and it's in like a containment box and you you kind of like put it on a track and ship it out and then um after you do that you like go through some doors and stuff and then you can go down to the track and the cart is sitting there with the altered object out of the box so you like go to cleanse it and it techno like cyberpunk techno music starts playing and you're on like a train like a train rail and you play out Mm -hmm. like an action scene as you're (laughs) chasing the camera. So like hiss are flying at you and like other trains are coming up and you got to like kill the hiss as they're coming by you. And you have to kind of jump between two train cars as like wall, like walls uh, are in your way and stuff. It's pretty awesome. Uh, It was really hard because uh, you're constantly moving and like, the hiss just overwhelm you at some points. But uh, when, once you like catch it and capture it, um, the altered object is a video camera that like an old camera they found on a studio and they used it for a movie. And basically the camera uh, creates bad uh, action movie drama when used. 
to whoever's filming it. So huh. it's it was a pretty good altered object section. Nice. Nice. Did you guys do the traffic light side mission? Were you yeah. cleanse it? Yeah. That that was pretty fun. As soon as I like, you know, got transported back, I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to move when it's a red light. Mm-hmm. And then you get the document. It's like based on a kid's game of red light, green light, like and how the whole town was transported back. And that's what they use the, the gas explanation for. Yeah, they the cover up stuff. So great. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I love all the cover up stuff. It's so good. Um, did you guys do much running around after you beat the game? I I finished all the side missions I wanted to do before mm-hmm. finishing the game, and then kind of haven't played it since. Uh, I had a lot of side missions. I didn't do very many side missions, besides the the refrigerator. So I did the mold, and um, I was collecting altered objects for um, that dude Langston. The, those weren't that interesting, like. You kind of you just find the altered object and cleanse it, and then he gives. Then you find like a containment uh, document. So I was like, I don't really want to run her all over the oldest house, just like going on fetch quests, you know? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I, I but I did all the main like I think I had just two big story side quests that I needed to finish. So I did those, and then I was pretty much done. Nice. Uh, yeah, I was mostly curious um, because you really take the role as director after um, once the game's done. Like you get that uh, pretty sweet director's costume, yes, which she has like the uh, the pyramid uh, as her like hair hair bun yeah. clip and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you do promote Emily Pope to the head of research right. formally, so that was pretty cool. She was stoked on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you could tell by her over uh, oversized grin. Yeah, definitely. Ah. Uh, uh, thank you, Jesse. <laughs> um, but they also did add in um, the jukebox, which is kind of like a raid type of mode. Yeah. Uh, so the first time you do that side mission, like you're fighting a bunch of guys, and it ends abruptly. I thought like my game crashed or something like yeah. that. But it's like, oh, the song must be over. So you can collect, run around and collect tokens. And hop back in there, and there's three different levels that you go through, and apparently they're pretty hard. I didn't try it. I didn't try it either. Um, yeah, but I got I earned like two tokens. I just randomly. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of just earn. I haven't. I haven't gone back. Yeah, I was a little. I was interested, and then when I found out that it was kind of like a wave-based raid mode, I was kind of like, eh. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 I would say one of my like things that bug me the most were those like random encounter notifications. Oh yeah. Dude. Like I'm like right in the middle of like, like listening or watching a video and it's like, <laughs> like a, a yeah. big yeah. alarm goes off. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Stop doing yeah. that. I wish I could just shut uh, up. But I never, I didn't do a single one of those. Timed I ran into one. I tried doing one and then yeah. I, I just, I got killed. Yeah. They were hard. They were really hard. So Yeah. Should we wrap this baby up? What were your overall thoughts on the game? Pretty good, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, awesome game. I wanted to keep playing and playing and playing. And then uh, once it was over, I was kind of content. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. uh, 
if this new DLC brings anything yep. new to the table. I'm might really be interested back. in the DLC too. I wonder um, if, how that is going to tie in or if they plan on making a Control sequel, maybe, you know? A sequel would be um, awesome. Because they haven't done any real sequels, I mean, outside of the Max Payne ones. I don't know how yeah. many of those that they did because eventually it went to Rockstar, right? So, Or Remedy and Rockstar worked together on all the Max Payne games. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Um, but there's no Alan Wake sequel there is. depending on what the tie-in there is yeah what it's called yeah. alan wake american nightmares the but hell are you talking let me just about? make sure There's it's not so many DLC. Mm. it's not a it's not a sequel per se but it it is a follow-up <laughs> i was gonna say i have i've have like the whole pack of all those games and i think that came it's with an it. in-universe spinoff <laughs> mm. yeah. i have uh okay. i have that and all the alan wake um for on epic game store so mm. I'm going to probably play through it. Nice. Yeah, it plays in a similar way, but you're limited by ammo. Yeah. It's more of a, more of a, yeah, I think you, game. yeah, you could, you could nit, nitpick this game a little bit, but overall it was really awesome. I think I, I'm very confident in saying it is my favorite game of 2019 now. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Same. A lot. Yeah. Same here. Uh, yeah, it was a blast. I'm really excited um, for the DLC. I will say that as well. I want to see. I want to see more. I want to leave the oldest house. That's what I hope it is. Yeah, yeah. I like. I wanted to go spend so much more time in that hotel area. Me too, man. I was like, oh, and, and like you could see the trees kind of outside. I was like, come on, <laughs> let me out. The hotel was creepy. It was creepy. I mean, just I guess we didn't really talk about the vibe but this game was pretty uncomfortable most of the time yeah. mm-hmm. it was tense yeah it was intense it definitely like it wasn't like like i i, I have a hard time playing scary games you know but uh mm-hmm. and this was kind of like the perfect level for me like i was like i can deal with this level of stress and yeah. but there there was a couple sections that got me good yeah uh, for sure um also the sound effects mm-hmm. like that they make and stuff. And like when the doorways that are blocked off that are kind of just like screaming and stuff, it's like, Oh yeah. Jesus dude. Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, every time I opened one of those shelters too, I expected a, a jump scare. Yeah. I was just waiting for the one where there was going to be a hiss in there. And I was like, Oh, dude, no. yeah. when I, is this the one the mold? Never the mold people. Definitely. Like, I was like, Oh my God, I don't like, I felt the, PTSD from playing last of us. I was like, they're going to freaking screech Ugh. and rip my face off yeah. by my <laughs> jaw. And, but they yeah. were so slow. I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> mm. And, uh, the people that are possessed that are floating and just chanting, speaking the, the hiss yeah. nonsense. Yeah. So uncomfortable. Yeah. Anytime I went in one of those rooms, I'm like, this is just fucking pro, weird. pro tip. Shoot out <laughs> the speakers because that's where it's coming. Yeah. From. I did that a couple of times. Oh, it's coming from the speakers? Yeah, but yep. it's like coming from them through the through the speaker wars. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, too late now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, right. what are we playing next month? Yeah, we are playing Okami HD, um, which is out on pretty much everything, yeah. actually. Um, I think we're all playing the Switch port now. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I tried to look up what 
was what's different in the HD remake. And it doesn't seem like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty true to the original. Okay. I know on the Switch they added some touchscreen stuff. Um, yeah, so the PlayStation had these like motion control stuff where you had to move the controller around, I believe, to draw. Oof. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what the Switch will be, have gotcha. its advantage. Good thing um, I have a stylus. Yeah. So it's a pretty pretty beefy game, um, pretty long. It's uh, sitting at an 89% on Metacritic. Um, it was made by Capcom. Clover Studio was the original developer, and Ready at Dawn and Hexadrive had uh, to do with the remasters. Um, but Okami uh, is a great means great god or sp- great spirit in Japanese. It's an action-adventure video game developed by Clover Studio and published by Capcom. It was released for PlayStation 2 back in 2006 in Japan and North America and in 2007 in Europe and Australia. After the closure of Studio, a few months after the release, which is sad, side note, a port for Wii was developed by Ready at Dawn, Tosei, and Capcom and released in 2008. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty sure it has some RPG elements too in there, right? Pretty heavy on the RPG side? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I've only played like maybe... 30 minutes of this game when it was on GameCube. Okay. Um, it's set in classical Japan. Okami combines Japanese mythology and folklore to tell the story of how the land was saved from darkness by the Shinto sun goddess named, I don't know how to pronounce that, Amaterasu, who took the form of a white wolf. Uh, features a cel-shaded visual style. Yeah, it's got kind of like a, like a Japanese calligraphy brush uh Brush stroke to mm-hmm. it. It's kind of cool. Yep. Uh, it was planned to use more traditional realistic rendering, but that would ha- that put a strain on the graphics processing of the PlayStation 2. Uh, Clover Studio switched to a cel-shaded style to reduce the processing, which led to the celestial brush concept. Mm-hmm. Nice. This won uh, IGN's Game of the Year Award in 2006. Nice. Damn, 2006. Holy smokes. Yeah. Going, throwing it back. It's a year after I graduated high school. We're going... In the Wayback Machine. Yeah. About time. We got to crank her back a little. Yeah. <laughs> cool. No kidding. Any, anything to add? Nope. Good. No, it should I be think, fun. I uh, think might have a hard time finishing it, but we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a tough. 2020 has been kind of shit so far, but the Video Game Rations Book Club is really popping off. <laughs> we, yeah. We've played some solid <laughs> games so far. The bureau, mm-hmm. the bureau book bunch mm-hmm. is hitting hard. All right, guys, uh, if you want to play along, uh, like we said, Okami HD um, should be a fun one. Uh, if you guys could share the podcast, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a ton. Uh, send us any feedback about Okami uh, HD or any of the previous games we played or what you would like to see us play in the future. Hit us up, videogamerations at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at VGRations and Discord, which is probably where we're the most mm-hmm. active and people mm-hmm. are getting in the conversation. We're on it right now. That'll do it for us. And we'll catch you guys at the end of May. Yeah. See you next time. See you.